Boomtron. 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 Boomtron, but you're never gonna move on. Netflix OGs get your groove on. We talk about it all, we could be wrong. Kill the better views like a Demogorgon. Boomtron, but you're never gonna move on. Just a few guys talking about the originals. Yo, pick your favorite show, we can put it on. We know it also, nothing's atypical. And welcome to the Boomtron Podcast. This is episode 31 and a half. We're taking a pause from Netflix, checking out what's going on on some of the other streaming services. I'm Diego, always joined by Amy and Mark. Got a couple shows we're going to talk about, so how's everyone doing? Good, good. Doing How are well. you? I'm doing just dandy. <laughs> so what do you guys uh, What do you guys got on top today for us? Mark, I think you've watched the most, so why don't you kind of give us a rundown of what you watch, and then I think there's one you were going to chat about a little bit more, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, I went on a family vacation with the kids, and I could not get enough TV because I was <laughs> letting them go outside. And I was hiding. Um, but uh, I started American Horror Stories on Hulu, uh, which I think we should all watch and talk about later, to be honest. Okay. Uh, all but, right. Um, uh, I, then I watched the Loki finale and uh, A Quiet Place Part 2. Uh, and then also just a quick shout out, uh, Rick and Morty season five is airing now. So I went back and did a whole deep dive on all of Rick and Morty's episodes. Oh, Rick and Morty is so good. I love that show. And season five is coming out every week, just as strong and hysterically as the first four seasons. If you out there have not watched Rick and Morty and you like South Park and sci-fi and don't mind a little bit of inappropriate humor, you, ha- you will be laughing, screaming out loud watching this show. I just have to say, little shout out to Rick and Morty. I, I really <laughs> like Rick and Morty. It's probably one of my favorite animated shows uh, of all time. And yeah, you think really, it's you think it's, it's really, gonna be real? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm just. It's just really good. Amy, have you uh, have you caught any of Rick and Morty? I haven't seen any of it. Oh, so good. So, so what good. is it on? Where can I watch it? It's what? on Cartoon Network, Adult Swim at late at night. But if you're trying to catch up it's on hbo max okay oh okay cool and you can also probably see a lot of it just on your local cables on demand as well yes okay Um, but um it's you know you think at first it's just going to be like like a schmutty inappropriate show it's so smart and it's so like it's just i love it anyway sorry little shout out to them but uh so i think the thing i watched that i've been enjoying the most is i started on apple tv uh schmigadoon have y'all heard of this I've no. heard of it, but I have I don't have Apple TV still, so. Okay, so um, Schmigadoon has a really broad array of characters, a, a really well-known cast of characters. Its two leads are Cecily Strong from Saturday Night Live. Love her. And, same. And Keegan-Michael Key of, of Key and Peel, probably he's best known, but he's done lots of stuff Love too. Love him too. Yep. So uh, they play a present-day uh, couple. They're, they're both surgeons. They meet, they fall in love. You see this sort of through some brief flashbacks at the beginning of the show. Uh, but then the relationship starts to get stale. It's just, you know, they, there's no running off into the sunset. It's like day in, day out. She is a romantic who watches musicals after he's fallen asleep. He's more pragmatic, thinks that marriage is just an arrangement and isn't worth all the hubbub. And, you know, and they butt heads over this and, and what it means for their future. So they go on a couple's retreat. And it's this hike out in the woods where they promptly become lost. And then very Wizard of Oz style, they cross a bridge and they wind up in this ridiculously technicolor fake plants 
a little tiny town where everyone is dressed uh, like they're singing in barbershop quartets or in the musical like Music Man or Oklahoma. Um, it is called Schmigadoon, which, of course, is a riff off of a well-known musical, uh, uh, Brigadoon. Right. Um, but uh, it's they just do this uh, send up of all and, and it's it's very meta and self-referential and, and it pokes fun at all of the things about old musicals that you loved or hated. Uh, the the racism and sexism and sort of homophobia uh, that was pretty common in that era. But um, it's like the, the mayor is this obviously closeted character and his his last name is Menlove. <laughs> it's like his mayor Menlove. Oh, my um, God. But uh, they find out, our two characters, Melissa and Josh, that's Cecily and Keegan-Michael Key, uh, they find out that they cannot, from oh, from a singing leprechaun played by Martin Short, uh, that they can't leave Schmigadoon without, unless they've had true love, unless they find true love. And of course, they look at each other, they're like, wait a minute, I thought you loved me, I love you, but so something's amiss. And so it's them trying to live in this ridiculous society, get to know all the different townspeople and have these relationships and possibly figure out... If they don't love each other, where's the true love elsewhere? Um, and uh, it's um, it's got Aaron Tveit, who uh, I also just saw in American Horror Story, um, but he plays a carny, Cecily Strong's character. They they the two characters, Cecily Strong, uh, uh, Melissa and Josh, they probably break up and they start looking around with the other, you know, looking at the other townsfolk. Um, so Melissa probably hooks up with Danny, played by Aaron Tveit, and there's this whole thing where the next day he's like, well you've stolen my heart and now that we're having a baby and she's like wait what and so she tries to explain to him that she has this magical thing called an iud and he's just right, like right i hope it's a girl and he starts singing this whole song and she sneaks out the back with her shoes in her hand like it's so it's okay <laughs> um but uh there's krista chenoweth is in it alan cumming is in it um it's just it's it, wow it, it, if, so it's funny because you're going to watch the show either as Josh Keegan Michael Key's character or as Cecily uh, Melissa uh, Cecily Strong's character because you're either going to love it or you're going to go this is so ridiculous um, and I love it like it it has us laughing out loud um, it's it's catnip for musical theater nerds just for lack of a okay. better term uh, so okay. anyway. Um, I think a good comparison to it might be if you liked Spam a lot by Monty Python, because okay. that was such a send up of musicals and the genre based on the play Camelot, the musical Camelot. Um, it's it's very much that same flavor. Okay. So, anyway, so yeah, that was that was probably my my biggest watch of of the since our last podcast of the two weeks. So I'll try okay. to I'll try to I'll I'll try to watch it, but the 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 singing dancing part kind of. I don't know. Watch it. Yeah, it, you will you will identify with Josh the character and you can laugh with him as he just jokes about how ridiculous the whole thing is. He just, just I'll give it a try. I channel him. Try. There you go. <laughs> Mark, I have to say I I forgot that cuz originally I was like, yeah, I only watched the two shows that we're going to talk about. I forgot. I did see Quiet Place too. Um mm. I'm curious what what did you think about it? I have well, not me... seen it, so don't ruin it for me. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> so it had all the parts of Quiet Place that I loved and all the parts that I hated. And Diego, I won't spoil. I'll just say the ending has a very similar flair of like, you're ending it now? Like, like you know, at the ending of Quiet Place, part one, they had right. just figured out how to kill the aliens. And she blasts one of the aliens' heads off and then cocks the gun and it's over. Right. And was, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. What, what did you guys watch that on? 
Uh, I um, went to the movies and actually saw it in the theater. Apple TV for me. Okay. Um, but uh, for me, so just a little inside note, I do not like feet. I've always, you know, told Rob if he wants to cheat on me for foot massages and foot stuff, he can. Uh, okay. I just, I don't want to see him. I don't want to touch him. And Quiet Place 2 should have been called Dirty Feet. <laughs> Oh, seriously, there were so uh, many shots of their feet. It, it may be the most, hor- the scariest horror film I have ever seen. I've never looked away uh, for so much of a movie telling Rob, uh, are they showing anything above the knee yet? <laughs> like, help. <laughs> um, I did, you know what? I didn't think of it until you just said that, but you're right. There was a lot of focusing on the feet. But I think it's because, and I don't think this really spoils anything, but as they're walking around, it's really the first time. In the first movie, the only places that they walked were places that they had mapped out and they had that sand down. Mm-hmm. Um, and this time, there's there's walking in other places. And I think I think that was the... Every, every time I watched them take a step, I was terrified that it was going to make a sound. Mm-hmm. Particularly when the daughter is walking because whenever they're focusing on the daughter, they make everything silent to simulate her deafness and so i don't know what it sounds like when she walks because Mm -hmm. they blank out all the sound and i watch those feet and i'm like oh did that rock make a sound oh was that a crunchy leaf like i don't know i i loved it i actually may have liked it a little bit better than the first one i i thought it was great I like I them both. Great. I like them both the same. I was thrilled that they had a, a flashback scene with uh, with the father, John Krasinski, the father. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just uh, I, I love him, and I loved seeing him act with Emily Blunt. I wish we could have had more of him in part two, but for obvious reasons, right. You know, that's a challenge. Right. <laughs> but, but okay. Uh, All right. People, sorry. Just, sorry. A just a quick note. A quick note, people. In case of an apocalyptic alien invasion, please bring handy wipes and clean your feet please <laughs> or you know use that water that you set aside in order to wash your feet yeah you'll find something Got else it. to drink wash your feet yeah oh my <laughs> god so let's talk about the two shows that we were going to discuss today and those are blind spotting and space jam so let's talk about blind spotting first because I, it's for the first time ever I think on the show, I'm like super used to this with Damon and I've kind of gotten used to everybody kind of being on the same page, but Mark, you and I have a real difference (laughs) of opinion about this one. So, uh, so blind spotting. So blind spotting is basically the story of it. It, it's takes up after the movie blind spotting, which was in 2018, which is a movie by and starring David Diggs from Hamilton fame. Um, and you don't have to have seen the movie in order to watch this, which is good because I didn't see the movie. <clears throat> um, but it's created, like I said, by uh, David Diggs and Raphael Casal. As I said, Diggs was Lafayette and Jefferson and Hamilton, and it stars Jasmine Cephas Jones, who played Peggy in Hamilton. And you see somebody else who was in Hamilton and somebody else who was in Hamilton because they're a nice tight knit group and they like to involve each other. But Jasmine Cephas Jones plays Ashley, who's this woman whose partner of 12 years, who's Miles, has to go to prison. Suddenly he gets arrested and is taken to jail and it leaves Ashley. She thinks she's going to be able to she goes to stay with his mother and his half sister 
they think it's just going to be for a couple days, but then they go to the sentencing and he gets sentenced to like five years. So she has to live with his mother, who is played amazingly by Helen Hunt, and his sister, who's Jalen Barron. She was in Shameless. Um, she was also in this show that I watched because it was about horses, Free Rain. Um, and she's now going to have to live with them and her six-year-old son, who she has not yet told that his father's in jail. Um, I I loved it. I just loved it so much. I thought that, first of all, I loved watching Helen Hunt in this because it was just a different kind of role for her. Um, so I, I enjoyed that. But I thought that, I thought that it was a really good look at like racial and economic disparities, not just in society, but also in the justice system. Um, because as when they come out of the courthouse where he's just gotten five years, you see this wealthy uh, lawyer congratulating this, what you assume to be a wealthy family on how it was just slap on the wrist for their kid. Um, and it was just interesting to kind of watch that, but then that kind of continues throughout the whole thing. It's a really great look in the later episodes and it's not over yet. It's one of those series where the new episode comes out each week. Um, at like racial identity. Again, I thought Helen Hunt did a great job. She's this mom who's angry and sad at what happened to her son, but she's got to kind of push that down. She's got to be there for her daughter-in-law and her grandson. I love that. I didn't originally love the character of Trish, which is the guy's half-sister, but even she, once we got, they started to develop these side characters a little more and we kind of start to understand why Trish is the way that she is. And then Janelle, who is Ashley's best friend who lives next door, we get some story on Janelle and suddenly you have this greater understanding for Janelle. And then Earl is this guy who just got paroled, who's renting a room in Janelle's house. And he walks around with an extension cord that goes, you know, however many feet because he wants to make sure that he doesn't go too far that what his house arrest allows. Um, and we get some backstory on him and he becomes a great character. And then <clears throat> in an artsy kind of way, in each episode, there are moments when Ashley kind of just looks at the camera and starts doing like a spoken verse type of thing. Yeah. And they're, they're, yeah, I know, <laughs> but it, I, I love that. Um, and then every now and then, like once an episode, all of a sudden, in order to either further explain something that they haven't talked about yet, or to kind of just add to the moment, they'll be like, and I'm going to say this, and, it, and it's not how it sounds. I, and I don't even want to say dance break, but like, all of a sudden, there'll be like a short little interpretive dance kind of piece that'll happen by some background characters. And it's just a real beautiful way I felt of kind of moving the story along. And, and it wasn't often enough that you felt like it was like a musical or something like that, but it also wasn't rare enough so that it caught you by surprise when it happened. Like it was like once in some episodes, maybe twice an episode, but I, I just loved it. And like, I'm now waiting for the next episode cause I need to know what happens. Um, because I'm invested with these characters. So I, again, I thought it was deep. I thought it was well done. I thought the casting was excellent for it. I thought the characters who seemed very surface level at the beginning, now that I've watched six episodes of it, they're 
all really deep people who have their own issues and concerns. And I don't know. I just think it's really well done. Mark, I know you do not. <laughs> so I will say this. Uh, I, I didn't watch the entire series. I got through two episodes and I just like, I, I need a break. And I didn't come back. So after that, I went back and I looked online and I am clearly in the minority. Like, Amy, you have the, the, the zeitgeist, the cultural voice for the review of this movie. I okay. feel like I feel like those Muppets, uh, Statler and Waldorf, up in the balcony, like yeah. shouting, you know, <laughs> the grumpy old men. So here comes the grumpy old man take on this. Um, I also did not see Blind Spotting the movie, uh, and I before watching this one, I just did a quick Google to see, do you need to? And overwhelmingly said, no, you can watch them. You don't have to. You, know, you can watch the series standalone. Uh, I love from Blind Spotting the movie, like David Diggs. I. He was my guy from Sesame Street as Mr. Noodle through Hamilton through mm. Snowpiercer. Like, so I was I was ready to love this movie. Um, the first thing I wrote was, what is happening? That was my first note because I, I was just kind of like, this had a good balance of comedy and drama. Like when her man's getting arrested on New Year's Eve and she's yelling, uh, what's our bank pin code? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Like very practical stuff. Uh, and you could see, I mean, it was a dramatic moment that he was being arrested. Um, and she was like saying, can I bring you this? I think he was saying it's jail, not summer camp. Right, um, right. Uh, but so I kind of was, I was liking the balance there. But then they broke the fourth wall and she busted out in spoken word. And I'm just, I, it did not resonate for me. Um, and I like her as an actress. I liked her character. Another note that I made was I was digging sort of the parallels between, um, hey, uh, Helen Hunt's character, Rainy, as a mother who seemingly protects her kids by putting it all out there, right? not, min not mincing words. And then you have uh, Ashley, who's protecting her son by holding it all back, at least so far, what I've seen. Um, and, and really doesn't want help. As much as she needs help, she doesn't mm -hmm. want help, often to her own detriment, right? Like there's, mm -hmm. I don't remember what episode it was in, but there's one scene where um, Rainy, Helen Hunt says to Ashley, like, where's Sean? Where's the, the little boy? And she's like, oh, he's sleeping over at so-and-so's house. And she's like, oh, that's great. What are they going to do? And she's like, yeah, they're going to watch some movie about dogs in a reservoir or something. And Helen Hunt's like, no, 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 <laughs> that's not a movie he should be watching. And she's like, I'm his mother. It's a nature show. It's a movie about dogs. It's going to be fine. And Helen Hunt's <laughs> like, no, seriously, he can't watch reservoir dogs. And Ashley's like, I'm his mother. And Helen Hunt's like, okay. All yeah. right. Like, so there's that struggle too, right? Because mm -hmm, she's got to mm -hmm. live with her mother-in-law who's obviously going to have opinions and thoughts and she wants none of it. Well, and I, I completely agree. And, and the, the other note that I made when we met Trish, uh, the um, Helen Hunt's daughter. Um, yeah. Was, I wrote yuck. <laughs> right, right, um, yeah. I mean, she's obviously, she's starting the whole thing in like the, Diego, you'll love this. It's a good, she's in like the tightest thong uh, bikini thong I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like her ass, her her ass is everywhere in this opening scene, and, and she runs out of the house. She runs like a like a sex worker like uh, website hotline yeah. thing, um, and they put her in there to be sort of this uh, you know post Me Too taking it back sort of feminist sex worker, and right. uh, I you know maybe if I watch her character evolve a little bit more. I'll appreciate that. It just felt 
dirty. Like I want like the the the, the sets are brightly colored. Helen Hunt's wearing this beautiful blue outfit, and and then just comes this this whole thing happening in her house with all the girls taking pictures of their vaginas and stuff. And I was just going, why? Um, right. So, so that again. Only went two episodes before I, I gave up on it. And like you, I heard you say that Trish kind of has a story arc and becomes like you learn more about her and you love her. Uh, you know, I, I really do feel like based on your review and then based on what I started reading after I tuned out that I do need to go back and give this another chance. But right now, from what I've seen, it was rough. And um, the, the stylistic choices, uh, again, the fourth wall, the dance breaks, whatever you want to call them, it felt to me, it felt gimmicky. Um, okay. And, it, and it, the irony here is I just came off of Schmigadoon telling you how great it is. It's this musical, blah, blah, <laughs> blah. But in Schmigadoon, like they were making fun of themselves. I felt like in this one, I felt like they were very serious. Their spoken word was very serious. And this dance move, we're going to show you what our culture is, like our street culture is. Or we're going to show you what uh, what um, Oakland is like. Watch this dance. And right, it just, right. It just felt, I didn't, I wasn't feeling it. Well, that was the other thing that, um, and afterwards I, I, I read about it, but everybody said, and I agree 100%, that it's like a love letter to Oakland. They live in Oakland, California, mm-hmm. and it just, it shows a side of Oakland that I think really can only be seen by people who live there. Um, and I'm really interested as to what people who live in Oakland thought about it. But, I mean, you could clearly tell that, you know, Diggs, loves Oakland and and loves the community there. Mm-hmm. And so I really enjoyed that. My only issue with it was there were the amount of drugs that people did and most of it was smoking weed, but it was it was constant throughout the whole thing and it just felt a, like a little bit of overkill. It the the first episode when the guy gets arrested the whole thing actually happens apparently on the night that California legalizes marijuana. Um, and hmm. so, you know, it, it, it just, it was such a, it, it's almost like drugs are another character in the show, um, which hmm. might be a big statement to make, but it's literally part of every episode and it's, it's a huge part of every episode. Like there's rarely a scene when somebody's not smoking weed or taking mushrooms or doing some type of drug. And that to me, that was the piece to me that just felt like, I don't know, it just felt unnecessary. And I didn't really get that part. And it made me a little bit uncomfortable. That was really my only complaint with it. Mm. Um, But I thought it was great. I, I really did think it was great. And I, I, happen to like the spoken word like i would love to go to just like you know a poetry slam and just listen to people do spoken word all night long and snap my fingers and um you know there's just something about that to me that feels very authentic and that's how it felt to me in the movie the dance stuff not quite as much but again because of the way that they did it in these little snippets and and in very specific places not like throughout it felt like it wasn't like La La Land, right? Where yeah. as you're watching the movie, all of a sudden people are singing, like it, singing and dancing. It wasn't like that at all. It was it was much more subtle, um, well, I thought. So and using that La La Land example, I went to that movie knowing I was going to get that musical. So 
it wasn't as jarring for me. It, it, these these moments, both spoken word and dance, were so. It's, and some of them were just tiny moments. They weren't even full dance productions. It was just like you know, all like there. She was um, visiting her husband when he had just been arrested in jail. Yeah, yeah. All all the men stood up and slammed their hand against the glass, and I was like, "What just happened? What was that?" Like, right. It's, um, and uh, so so it. It, it didn't it didn't feel as organic as, as as watching a musical and knowing that that's coming oh here it comes you know you expect that um i wish like when you talked about oakland as a character and, and i get that uh and it made me think of like sex in the city where new york was a character yeah um, yeah and the way they tell that though is through the intense love and forgiveness and flawed acceptance of all these characters with each other um so like for me, I'd rather have had a few more moments of interactive dialogue between like Ashley and um, Rainey than have a dance number out on the street. And and again, again, I know I'm I'm definitely not the, the majority voice here, but uh, it just didn't work for me. I'm gonna try again. Okay. I promise. I promise. I'll try again. Please do, because <laughs> I'd really like to know if you once you watch the rest of it, if your opinion changes a little bit. Yeah. I would be interested in that. All right, so let's totally switch gears. The other show that we watched, and I think Diego and I watched this one, um, was Space Jam, A New Legacy, which is a complete change of pace um, from Blind Spot. I mean, really couldn't be any different um, from Blind Spotting. And so Space Jam, A New Legacy, I didn't actually see Space Jam, uh, the original. So what? I would. Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know. I think it came out at a time when I was not, I think I was too old for it when it came out. It came out in... I mean, if you were too old for the original Space Jam, then what, you're like it, way too old The original old for Space this. Jam came out in 1996, <laughs> and I was 24. So I was two years out of college. I just started teaching. I was not, I wasn't watching Space Jam. Um, so I didn't watch that, but... Space Jam 2 is, uh, or Space Jam, sorry, The New Legacy is a sequel. It's not like a remake. And this is starring uh, Le LeBron James. And in LeBron James, his son winds up being kidnapped by artificial intelligence, who's played by Don Cheadle very well. And LeBron has to get go into, his son is a video game developer i mean he's a teenager but this is what he wants to do develop video games and he's created this basketball video game and don Cheadle kind of takes that and twists it and then captures him and brings him into the game and so lebron has to go into the game and play this epic basketball game against uh don Cheadle and his um you know group of of his team and he has to save his family, but also save kind of like the world who's gotten sucked in because Cheadle creates this thing with the phone or actually the boy created it. And then Don Cheadle kind of changes it. But where, when you look at your phone, it scans you and brings you into the game. And so of course, you know, LeBron James can't win this game on his own. He has to go get the tune squad. And he there's, you know, a whole sequence when they're putting together the team, which really reminded me, Diego, of when we watched that show, which they didn't renew. Um, that was like steampunk or Victorian times. And it was the kids and they had the superpowers, but they didn't all have the superpowers. And 
the guy with the birds in the aviary. Remember oh, that? that was like the Sherlock Holmes thing kind of thing. Watson. It wasn't Watson. The Sherlock. Was it Watson? Was it? I don't think was it, it was that Watson? one. It was the. I think it was the other one. No, it was, was definitely Watson about. The one with the... Oh, okay. Maybe it was. Yeah. Anyway, wasn't it like the, how... the in something in like in not insurgents but in untouchables. Something. In instigators. <laughs> no, the clothes regulators. Mm. Something I don't know. <laughs> It'll come to Jeez. us. We talk about a lot of stuff, um, but anyway, it reminded me of that. How there was a huge chunk of that where they were just going around and assembling the team. So like there was this whole montage where they're going and you know Bugs and LeBron have to go and get all the different characters to, the irregulars. to come and play. The irregulars. That's it. Um, and then of course the. The final one was Lola Bunny, who they had to go, and she was going through the Amazon thing that Wonder Woman had to go through to be an Amazon. And I don't know. It was cute, um, but I certainly was not like, oh, my God, this movie's fantastic. No, I just... and I think I think as an adult, uh, I think we're going to find the movie to be cute. Right. I, I think as a kid, if I was like, eight-year-old kid nine-year-old kid who is really into comic books and batman and wonder woman and lebron james i think this movie was probably like the best movie i've ever seen in my whole life yeah well my 10-year-old didn't love it love it like that he was like yeah, it was good this was good but he just kind of watched it and was like hmm. like he I didn't thought, love it love it i, don't I know. thought it was pretty good I, and i know a lot of people a lot of people that are bashing the movie are okay. bash uh, one of the biggest thing is like oh this is Warner Brothers just like trying to show all off all its characters and I'm like I kind of like oh, it. Oh, I it wrote that in my notes. That's so funny. I wrote that in my notes. It kind of reminded me almost of Ready Player One when you get to see like all these other characters or you know symbols or whatever inside like kind of coming together when they've never been together and I thought that was pretty cool. I I always enjoy things like that and seeing different properties be put together in different world and i liked when they were trying to assemble the team and they were going to different planets or different worlds like the amazons or the matrix with granny uh i right. thought i thought or superman i thought i thought it was cool i liked that i enjoyed that i thought it was, that part was well done uh, I was I was a little disappointed to be honest in lebron's acting cuz i thought he was really good in Trainwreck. I don't okay. know if you ever, did you ever see that? Yeah, I loved that movie. I thought that movie was great and he was in it and I thought he was pretty well and that was like one of the first movies he's ever been in and I thought this one it was kind of like I don't know and I don't know if it's cuz it's hard because he's almost acting with things that are not there with like the tunes kind of thing right. and maybe that made it hard. Uh, but I was a little disappointed in that but I I enjoyed the movie and like you said I think Don Cheadle was phenomenal as algae rhythm right I, right, he, right I thought he was great i but i i enjoyed it i enjoyed it my i was talking to someone today and they they made me laugh because they said even 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 the directors or the the writers knew that uh michael jordan was better than lebron because in the first base jam the tunes needed michael jordan to win the game and then this one, LeBron James needed the tunes to win the game. And it's like real life. LeBron needs like a super team kind of thing. So he oh, made me that's laugh. interesting. And, and and what I did also like is that there were like little like 
little shots at like LeBron and like how he left Cleveland and then went to Miami and and all these yeah, other things. Yeah, there was things. a lot of that. I thought that and, was interesting. And like and when they went to go find Michael Jordan, like Sylvester the cat found he's like, oh, I found Michael Jordan, I found Michael Jordan and then he comes and it's Michael B. Jordan and Daffy's Duck like you awesome. find Michael you found Michael B. Jordan. We need Michael A. Jordan. <laughs> so Right. <laughs> there were a lot of good little little side things that were I found it funny. Not like dying laughing, but there was it was a it was a very entertaining movie. Yeah. I I I agree with the critics about the the Warner Brothers just kind of showcasing that they literally own everything. But I also agree with you that when they were assembling the team and they were visiting the different worlds, I liked that. I just didn't like I don't know, like when when they were having that final showdown basketball game and then you can see like all of the different Warner Brothers Brothers characters there. That kind of, I for some reason that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Like like here's Wonder Woman and Superman and Batman and and the penguin and you know, they're all just kind of standing watching this game together, which it just felt it felt disingenuous, but it also felt like overkill. Like it's, I was kind of like, okay, I get it. I found You're myself awesome. looking for character, and then like, not sometimes not even paying attention to like the people talking and see like, ooh, there's right. Jack Nicholson's Joker. There's the mask. There's right. the yes. old school penguin. So uh, it, I could. That's be a good marketing. It is. It's great marketing, <laughs> and I, and again, I enjoyed it. Like Ready Player One, where I'm like, oh man, there's the Voltron Blue Cat. A uh, blue lion, and oh, there's this, oh, there's that, and I, I just, I enjoy that little like pop culture references there. It really bothers me right now that you're comparing Space Jam: A New Legacy to Ready Player One because <laughs> that was my one of my all-time favorite books and one of my favorite movies, and you basically just said it was Space Jam. So I mean, it could be Space Jam 1.5. It hurts my heart a little bit, but you know. Them's whatever. fighting words. Them's fighting words. They they kind of are. They kind of are. But so that that's it. Those are kind of the ones that we that we watched together. Again, Mark obviously was watching a little more than anybody else this time around. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. And again, as always, if you guys have anything that you think we should be, and it doesn't have to be new. And I think that's part of it because I was actually having a conversation with somebody the other day and they're like, oh, you know, yeah, I have some stuff that I think you should watch, but I know you guys only talk about new things. And for this, when we do the 0.5 episodes, we absolutely don't only talk about new things like we happened to today, but we would, we'll watch whatever you think we should be watching. I feel like if you're a longtime listener, you definitely know what we prefer and what we kind of like. And maybe it would be something that you want to get our take on because it's something you think we won't like, or maybe it's something you think we will like. Um, for next week, I know that we are definitely going to be watching Outer Banks for our next Netflix episode, uh, season two, and see how that kind of unfolds. I've been watching all kinds of different trailers, and I'm super excited uh, to kind of see how that happens. But is there anything else that you guys have on your radar? Anything that's off Netflix coming up for you? or I know C season two comes out uh, in August. What's he, what, what does? C? C. Oh, C, yeah. Yeah. So that, and that's on Apple TV, so I'm looking forward to that. 
Still waiting for Yellowstone to make an announcement yes. for, for when the Seriously. next season comes out of that. Uh, Mark, did you catch any of Yellowstone yet? No, I haven't. And now Mark. I have to watch. And now I have to watch that and Outer Banks. Mark. Okay, so <laughs> Outer Banks first. <laughs> okay. Then Yellowstone. And okay. that's pretty much it for me in terms of things I've... that I'm definitely on my radar waiting. And then definitely our Netflix Outer Banks. I still have to catch uh, Masters of the Universe. I'm hoping to start that. Yeah. Tonight. And that's and pretty much it. I've got a couple. Um, so uh, on Hulu, Nine Perfect Strangers is coming out. That's okay. with Nicole Kidman, Melissa McCarthy, Luke Evans. It's about some self-help retreat uh, where things aren't what they seem. Okay. Um, the, the Only Murders in the Building, which is... Uh, it's, it's got Steve Martin and Martin Short and Selena Gomez, and it's a... Her, a murder mystery comedy set in an Upper East Side apartment. Okay. Uh, because I have children who are human and have eyes and ears, I have to watch the Paw Patrol movie on Paramount+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? It has There's been a or- Paw Patrol movie coming? It has been ordained uh, in, in August, yes. Uh, okay. And then he- Have you guys watched Ted Lasso? I hear no, great things. I, I, I should watch it because it's soccer. Season two just started this week, this past Friday. It's and it is so good. Season one, you can binge the whole thing. I hate that they didn't drop the whole season two at once because I would have stayed up late to finish it. It is so good, and Jason Sudeikis creates the most adorable, like lovable character amidst a sea of you know in pro sports, like like just all these vultures, people that don't have his back, and he changes them because he's such a good guy, and it's such a fun show to watch. What um, chan- What network is that on? Apple, uh, TV. Apple TV. Uh, I'm missing everything, man. Well, Amy, didn't I send you a link from Target that was offering free Apple TV? Did you jump on that or were you like dropping the ball on that? No, you had to buy an Apple product to get the free trial. No, no. I sent you guys a link to get a free subscription to Apple TV, Apple Arcade. It was through Target. I even asked you if you had like that Target membership thing. Oh, and didn't you, you have to get the part Target membership to get it? And you said you had it. No, I didn't. Did I? Yeah. I don't did. think so. Oh. I'm going to go back through our text. Watch. No, you don't have to prove me wrong. That's okay. I don't think that's necessary. You know, no, we, it is. it's this is going to be, even if you had to pay for it, this is going to be an investment worth your, worth your money because there's a lot of good stuff rolling out on Apple TV. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, buy a new I iPhone mean, for somebody. Oh, yeah. No, sure. We'll just... <laughs> Because, you know, who doesn't have $1,000 just just to drop? Can't the kids skip dessert two nights a week to offset the cost? Let's get Apple TV in the house. Yeah, that's going to do it. Although with all the kids that I have, that might just do it. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. As always, like Amy said, if you have any shows, new, old, that you think uh, we would like and you would like to, you know, kind of hear us discuss it about it or whatever just let us know on facebook instagram on twitter and if anything we will catch you on episode 32 when we uh focus on netflix thanks for listening catch you guys next time bye everyone this is just a disclaimer no members of the boomtron podcast are employed by any of the streaming services mentioned in this episode nor do they have any business ties with those streaming services This podcast is for entertainment purposes only, and all news and information that is shared is simply what these yahoos found online.